Hello to my wonderful family. And to Jesus be the praise. Did you hear what I called you? Wonderful family. Family of God. Today I want to talk about heaven. And what our loved ones are doing in heaven. Everyone, almost everyone, has someone in glory. I do. My mom and my dad are in heaven. I'm sure you have many loved ones in heaven too. So, what are they doing up there in glory? Are they sitting, playing Jewish harps? Or are they doing more than that? What does the Bible tell us about heaven and what our loved ones are doing in heaven while they wait for the coming of the Lord where they come with him to the earth? Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. Oh, I thank you with joy for your precious word. Where would we be without your word? Precious Jesus, I don't even want to think about it. I just thank you for your word and your love. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right, now, let's remember... Genesis 1 declares in verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So, number 1, heaven is a created planet. So heaven isn't just some cloud somewhere in the universe. It's a true, real planet. Because in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And you know what it says in Isaiah 42? And this is so beautiful. You know, God Almighty, look, every one of us is going to be there soon. So we might as well know what the Bible says about heaven. Thus says God the Lord, Isaiah 42, 5. He that created the heavens and stretched them out. Isn't that amazing? The heavens aren't just created, they're also stretched out by God. So that shows like a real planet. So we are told that heaven, this planet heaven, is a country. You know, it says in Hebrews 11, how Abraham looked for a country, for a country. So when we think about the earth, we think about countries on earth. When we think about heaven, the whole planet is one country. It says, by faith Abraham, this is Hebrews eleven eight, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went not knowing where he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac, Jacob, and the heirs with him. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. So they looked for a country, it says. Isn't that precious? Oh, thank you, Lord. In verse 16, it says, But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly country. So heaven isn't just a cloud. Heaven is a real planet, and heaven is a country. And the Bible you know, also speaks of three heavens, remember. So Genesis 1, verse 8, speaks of the first heaven, which is really our atmosphere. Then the second heaven is in Psalm 8, verse 3, and of course also in Ephesians. In fact, let's let's look at Psalm 8 and verse 3, because that's the second heaven. And then there is the third heaven, 
that Paul visited, and that's the country that we're talking about. So, Psalm 8, verse 3, When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars which you have ordained. So, that is the second heaven. The third heaven is the planet heaven. So, let's understand. The first heaven is the atmosphere. When you look up, you see the sky. That's the first heaven. Then you have the universe, where the where the moon is, the sun, the stars, called the second heaven, mentioned in Psalm 8, 3. But then there is the third heaven. Now, in the third heaven, Paul the Apostle uh, could not even describe it to us, because he said there were things you couldn't even talk about. He said, and I knew, 2 Corinthians 12, 3, such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I, I, I cannot tell God knows, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it's not lawful for a man to utter. Of such and one will I glory. Isn't that precious? So God took him to this third heaven. So the third heaven, according to Revelation 21, the Bible says something beautiful about this planet heaven. It says, in Revelation 21, 2, and I, and, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, the third heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So, meaning that in heaven, there's a capital city. That capital city is New Jerusalem, which is already created. Remember, Abraham looked for a city, that was thousands of years ago. So God created New Jerusalem thousands of years ago. Possibly millions of years ago. Because Abraham looked for a city that is already built and ready. One of these days that city will come to earth. So heaven has a capital city. And that city is called New Jerusalem. In that precious. Wow. So now, when you read verse 9 of Revelation chapter 21, it says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows full of the seven plagues, talked with me and said, Come hither, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. So here in heaven, this high mountain, and he showed me that great city, the holy, holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. So the capital of heaven, New Jerusalem, is sitting on a very high mountain, probably higher than any mountain on the globe. It says, having the glory of God, her light, her light was like unto a stone most precious. Wow. Even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Can you believe a city that looked like a crystal? Just think about that. New Jerusalem looks like a crystal, shining crystal. Your loved ones have been in that city. Ooh, isn't that glorious? One of these days, that city will come right down to earth, and we will live in that city with our precious Lord. Hallelujah. But your loved ones today have a capital city called New Jerusalem that looks like a crystal that has great and high walls. Imagine 1,500 
miles in, in each direction. Can you, can you imagine a, a capital city with 1,500 miles in every direction, upward included, in every direction, like a square, it says? That city is right now already built in the planet heaven. It's been there a long time. And loved ones are there right this minute. And this city one day is going to come right to earth. So you say, well, how do you know it's it's there? Well, I just read it for you. I'll, I'll show it to you one more time. Abraham looked for a city, it says, whose builder and maker is God. So if he looked for a city, you begin reading there at, at verse 8, right through verse 16. He looked for a city, verse 10, which hath foundations. It didn't say will have. It says it already has foundation. Whose builder and maker is God, not will be God, is God. In other words, it's built already. And your loved ones are in that city right now. Can you imagine the glory they are experiencing right now in heaven? That beautiful city there. And so the Bible tells us much, much more about this. Now, where is heaven? Heaven is in the north. The Bible says in Psalm 48, 1 and 2, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of His holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, heaven, on the side of the north, the city of the great King. So, when God created heaven, the Bible says something to us beautiful in Job 26. It says God stretched it. Like, well, let me just read it to you. Job 26 verse 7, it says, He stretcheth out the north over the empty place. So God literally created heaven in the north of the universe. We don't know what that is exactly. But in the north of the universe. How blessed, how precious. So heaven is in the north. You know, it says in Psalm 75, 6 and 7, that promotions do not come from the east or the west or the south, but from the Lord. It doesn't mention north in that psalm. Did you know that there, Chad? Yes, sir, because he taught me. Yeah. He said, because I taught him. Because in Psalm 75, it doesn't mention the north. It just says this. Promotions comes neither from the east or the west or the south, but from the Lord. Meaning the Lord is in the north. Woo! Hallelujah. In the blessed. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, the word of God also tells us that heaven is inhabited by innumerable numbers of angels and people already. Do you remember in 1 Kings, and I want to show you 1 Kings chapter 22, and you probably remember the story in verse 19. And I'm going to talk about what our loved ones are doing because I'm going to continue tomorrow. There's a lot to talk about here. So, in 1 Kings 22, 19, it says, 
Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on, on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left hand. What is also remarkable is in Revelation chapter 7, it talks more about this. That there are like millions upon millions of people, innumerable numbers already in heaven. Because it says in Revelation 7 verse 9, he said, I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindred, people, tongues, stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. It means there's palm trees. If there's palms in their hands, there's palm trees, right? They had palm branches in their hands. So here, which is so remarkable, there's multitude of angels, but also multitudes of people. Now, this talks about the day, of course, after the rapture of the church. But still, the Bible tells us in 1 Kings 22 that there was a host before the Lord. But it didn't tell us who the host was. So we, we, we can understand then that there were more than just angels in heaven at the time. And we don't know who was there. We're not told in 1 Kings, I mean. But surely in Revelation 7, we are told that there were the redeemed were there. He said, I saw a multitude that no man could number from all nations, kindreds, people. Precious. All right. Now, the word of God also says that there are animals in heaven. Do you remember in Second Kings 2 when Elijah was taken to heaven with a horses of fire, chariot of fire? There are fiery horses in glory. You'll never find them here. That's in Second Kings 2. 11 and 12. But not only horses of fire and chariots of fire, but the Bible also tells us something most remarkable. And that's also found in 2 Kings chapter 6, when Elisha saw the chariots of fire all around the mountains. And, and he said to the Lord, he said, open the eyes of my servant who was afraid of the Syrian army. That's in 2 Kings chapter 6, 13 through 17. But I want to show you something really amazing from the book of Zechariah. So go with me to Zechariah, chapter 1. Let's look at verse 8. Amazing. He said, I saw by night, and behold, a man riding upon a red horse. He stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom, and behind him were red horses, speckled horses, white horses. How amazing. So there aren't just white horses in heaven, or fiery horses in heaven, there's also other colored horses that we, we don't see on earth at all. Red horses. I've never seen a red horse here, have you? Uh, speckled horses besides the white horses. And then remarkably, if you look at Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1 to verse 8, he, he, he also says something else. He says that he turned, verse 1, and uh, saw... And there came four chariots from between two mountains. And the mountains were of brass. Brass mountains. It's amazing. You know, I had a dream not long ago when I saw those brass mountains in my dream. In the first chariot were red horses. The second black horses. Now we have black horses on earth, but not red. And then in the third white horses... And then grizzled horses. Grizzled means uh, dappled. 
bay horses. Uh, so th- there's different kind of horses in in heaven. And he said, Lord, what are these? Or he said to the angel, what are, what are these? Called him my Lord. And the angel answered and said unto me, these are the four spirits of the heavens, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. So here, here we see that these, these horses, uh, are the spirits of heaven doing, uh, like scout work for the Lord on earth. It's amazing. There are spiritual horses that are actually uh, come to earth and do work for the Lord. Amazing. So, we know that when the Lord returns, the, that we, the church, will, will come also riding on white horses. Now, let's, let's talk about a few other things. So, in heaven now, not only is there a city, New Jerusalem, the capital, and probably other cities are not mentioned, but there's a temple. In Revelation chapter 7, we, we read about the temple in heaven. And in this temple, remarkably, so that's Revelation 7, verse 15, where he says, Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. He that sits on his throne shall dwell among them. So in the temple of God, the Bible says in Revelation 11, verse 19, is something glorious that people are still looking for on earth. But it's okay. Anyways. So the temple of God, ladies and gentlemen, in it is what? Ah, there it is. It says, And the temple of God was opened, Revelation eleven nineteen. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. The ark of the covenant, which people are still looking for down here on earth, is actually in heaven. It's not in Ethiopia. It's not in Jerusalem. God took it to glory. When? We don't know. But you know, there's also mansions in heaven. John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. Mansions in glory. What else? Rivers. In Revelation 22, 1, 2, and 3, it says there is a river of life in heaven. Your loved ones have drunk from that river. And one of these these glorious days we will too. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Wow. Not only rivers, but there's mountains. You know, I told you earlier about the mountain, the high mountain. But here in Revelation 21, verse 10, it talks about, He carried me away, in the spirit to a great and high mountain. Well, there's more than one mountain then, right? This, of course, talks about the same thing I said earlier, where he saw, he saw new, new Jerusalem. But I truly believe there's more than one mountain in heaven. Because we saw earlier these mountains that look like brass almost. And then in Revelation 7, 17, it talks about fountains. You know, there's a lot of fountains in Rome, Italy, that people go just to visit the fountains and drink the water from them because it's very cold and beautiful and very, very tasty. But heaven's heaven's fountains are way better than Rome's, believe me. 
So it says, and all the angels stood around about the throne, about the elders and four, and four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. But looked, look now, let me just go straight to verse 17. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. You need to read the whole portion, beginning right from verse 11, right right down. But in verse 17, it talks about fountains in heaven. Now, would you believe it that there's actually food in heaven? Your, your loved ones have eaten that food. Do you remember in Psalm 78, it talks about that food? You know, the children of, of Israel ate heavenly food. And so in uh, Psalm 78, 25, it says, Man did eat angels' food. Angels' food, that's heavenly food. And you see that also in Psalm 105. There's a lot of scriptures, by, by the way, that talks about this heavenly food in glory. So Psalm 105 and verse 40 also talks about the food of, of heaven. The people asked and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. And you see, you know, like Revelation chapter 2, by the way, also talks about heaven's food. Revelation 2 and 7 says this, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So the tree of life has fruit, that can be eaten. That's food. Now, there's more than that, you know, in the Bible about the food in heaven. But there's also a sea of glass. Now, you know, we, we, we've seen oceans everywhere here on earth, but we've never seen one made out of glass, mingled with fire. So Revelation 4, 6, it talks about a sea of glass and then in in same book, and this is Revelation 4, 6, and before the throne there was a sea of, of glass like crystal. And if you look at Revelation 15, I'm hoping you're writing all these scriptures down. I know I'm giving you a lot of them today. Now tomorrow we're going to talk about a little more about what your loved ones are doing in heaven. I'm almost out of time, so I'm not going to get into it today. It says, they sing the song of Moses. Wow. Uh, Revelation 15, verse 2, right through verse 4. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass, verse 2, mingled with fire. And they sing the song of Moses upon that sea of glass. Isn't that amazing? Mingled with fire. There's instruments of music in heaven. Because we see harps in heaven and many other instruments of music. So if there's harps, there's other instruments, I'm sure. Uh, Revelation 5, 8, it says this. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vase full of odors. So here we see more than just that. We also see clothing. Uh, Revelation 6, verse verse 9. It talks about clothing given to the saints. 
It said, I saw in, under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony. And then if you keep reading right through verse 11, it says, and white robes were given unto every one of them. So there's clothing. And like I said, there's also trees in, in heaven. Not only the tree of life, but there's palm trees. So that's Revelation 22, 1, 2, and 3, and Revelation 7, verse 9. And there's olive trees in Zechariah 4. Revelation 11, verse 4, talks about olive trees in heaven. Now, you know, I was planning on getting to, to you know, talking about what your loved ones are doing, but you have to join me tomorrow because there's a lot of information I have not given you. But it says there are two olive trees. So there's olive trees in heaven, and there's way more than two of them. And in in heaven, you see walls and gates. There's pearls, there's diamonds, there's precious stones, gold in abundance, absolute abundance. All right, now, I want to just kind of begin by giving you a little bit of what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. But the Bible says that the saints in glory are not just sitting playing some instrument. They are active and busy right now. Do you realize that God is preparing the saints in heaven to judge the world? Do you know that God is preparing the saints in heaven and he will, he will prepare us when we are with him too to invade the world? He's preparing us to judge angels. Right now, your loved ones are being taught and being prepared for what's going to happen when Jesus returns. So they're not just doing nothing in heaven. And I'm going to deal with that tomorrow because I want to show you scriptures about that. Because when you think about the great responsibility that God is going to give us, well, first, first, let's just talk about this. What is the first thing they are doing in, in, in heaven right now? Daniel 7 verse 9 answers that. So if you have a loved one in heaven like I do, then the Bible tells us what they're doing in heaven in Daniel 7 verse 9 and 10. It says he beheld the thrones and the throne of God and he describes what he saw. Then he says in verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set, the books were opened. So our loved ones are ministering to the Lord right now. We're ministering to him on earth. We are worshiping and and adoring him. They are ministering to the Lord right now in heaven. Oh, how I wish I could be with them. And I know you feel the same. But I believe that they they are being prepared for rule. And we know from the writing of Paul the Apostle that that is exactly what happens when you get to heaven. Because here's what, what he said. I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown. Well, what is a crown for? But authority, rulership, 
a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So the saints are going to be given crowns. Well, crowns speak of rulership, authority, a kingdom. Meaning that they're being prepared for it. And you'll see tomorrow when you join me, I'm going to give you so many amazing scriptures. In fact, I have so many of them, dear Lord. Uh, Revelation, Corinthians, Hebrews, many from Revelation that talk about what our loved ones are doing in heaven. So, rejoice. Your loved ones are having an amazing time in glory with the Lord. Imagine the beauty all around them, the mountains, the fountains, the music of instruments, and so much more. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your blessed promise. We give you the praise. Open thou our eyes, that we might behold wondrous things out of your word. And Lord, tomorrow, I pray as I continue, bless your people with such incredible knowledge. Bless them, Lord, with your peace and with your joy today and tomorrow in Jesus' holy name. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. It's time to give to the Lord's work because it is his command and it is his will that we should give to his work. You know, the Bible says, that when we rejoice in his righteous cause, God will bless us. God will bless us. And today, and righteous cause is the gospel. And the Lord is magnified when we give and obey him. And seed, giving seed to the Lord is so important. Like I told you already, because in Psalm 112, it says that our seed becomes a weapon in the hands of the Lord. And Satan is not only grieved, but is destroyed by it. If you read Psalm 112 and you read there, it says how the righteous gives and how the enemy sees it and is grieved and melts away. Well, melts away means destroyed. So our seed brings destruction to the kingdom of the enemy. Let me read that to you, even though I wasn't planning on, you know, on it. But I think it's so important to see this amazing verse that every time I give, Every time I give to the Lord's work, the enemy is damaged and destroyed, not just damaged. Okay, look at Psalm 112 with me, and let's look there at Psalm, at verse 9 and 10. It says, He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, meaning the righteous, his righteousness endures forever, his horn shall be exalted with honor, meaning every giver receives authority. Did you know that too, by the way? Every time you give, God gives you authority. That's what it says. His horn shall be exalted with honor. A horn deals with authority. It says the wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. Well, melt away means destroyed. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Do you realize that our giving brings destruction to the kingdom of the enemy and his desire for people's lives will perish. 
he will not accomplish what he wants in people's lives because of our giving. So giving is a weapon in the Lord's hands. Every time you give God an offering, it becomes a weapon God uses. Because through that, the gospel is preached. Through that, people are delivered from bondage and sickness and disease and so forth and so on. So, that that offering isn't just money. That offering becomes a weapon in the hands of the Lord. And He will reward you for it. Because the Bible says in that same psalm, Wealth and riches shall be in His house. Lord, Bless them in Jesus' name that be no lack financially in their life, in their business. Lord, give your people amazing ideas in these last days on how to be blessed financially in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can give right now to Benihin Ministries right there on the platform you're watching me on or simply go to benihin.org or, or simply text. BHM four five seven seven seven, and don't miss tomorrow as I continue teaching to show you what your loved ones are doing in glory. Much more from the Bible. Much love. Bye bye.